My focal point this morning is from verse one, which says, then Moses answered and said, but suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. Suppose they say, the Lord has not appeared to you. With that being said, I would like to talk to you just for a few moments from the subject, get your butt out of the way. <laughs> get your butt out of the way. Let me take you back for a few moments to English 101. Do you remember what a conjunction is? Oh, see, 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 you were right in my sermon, right? Because I, I, I had it right here. I know I'm dating myself, but does anybody remember Schoolhouse Rock? And there it is. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? Hooking up words and phrases and clauses. Y'all remember that, right? I used to love Schoolhouse Rock. We learned so much. They need to bring it back. I know, I know the preamble because I can sing it. <laughs> we the people in order to form a more perfect. We learned all that stuff. What about a bill? I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Yes. So see, I'm not, I'm, I'm not dating myself. You guys are right with me. <laughs> A conjunction is a word that connects other words or groups of words. You have an, which can connect two nouns in a sentence. You have or, which can connect two verbs. And then you have but, which can connect two groups of words. You also have what they call coordinating conjunctions which are conjunctions which connect two equal parts of a sentence. The most common ones are and, or, so, and but. Today, I want to focus on but. But is used to show opposite or conflicting ideas in a sentence. For example, I want that promotion on my job, but I don't have the experience. Most of us are accustomed to using but in a sentence where the first part of the sentence is a positive statement, followed by a negative statement. You know how we do. We need to learn how to flip the script and say, I don't have the experience, but I'm going to get that promotion. Y'all like that? No? Yeah? And we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that a, a little later. So as we look at our text, we need to go back to the previous chapter to kind of understand the context. Chapter three has some very interesting phraseology. It says that Moses is on the backside of a mountain. 
Now he's on the backside of a mountain because he is on the run. He is on the run because he committed a crime. Moses has given so much power to one bad choice that it makes him think that he, that his failure has canceled out his future possibilities. And as a result, he was prepared to live the rest of his life on the backside of a mountain. He was bowing at the altar of failure. God shows up and initiates a conversation with Moses. In this divine dialogue, God tells Moses that he has heard the cry of his people and he has come to deliver them out of bondage. He tells Moses that he wants to use him to bring it to pass. God says, Moses, I'm sending you back to the very same people who know your failure. I'm sending you back to lead them into their blessing. To confirm God's call on Moses' life, he shows Moses his glory and his holiness in the form of a burning bush. And he tells Moses who he really is in spite of what he has done in his past. You would have, you, you would think after all of that, Moses would be ready to walk into his purpose with confidence because he has now been shown what God has birthed him to do. But when we read the text, Moses is still not convinced that he really has promise that he has potential, that he has possibilities because he starts off his response to God with the word, but. And I've learned a long time ago, as I stated in, a, in my examples a few moments ago, that the word but can negate and cancel out everything that comes in front of it because of the power of what comes after it. Moses is ready to walk into his purpose. He is at the point of giving birth to his destiny. And he's about to miss it because he let his butt get in the way. Some of us in here this morning have missed our moments, our assignments, our deliverance, some opportunities, and sometimes our blessings because we've allowed a butt from our past to block us from what God wants to do in us and through us and with us. We have reached a point where we, we have to reach a point where we no longer allow our butt to get in the way of what God is trying to do in our lives because with God, all things are possible. You see, sometimes we can be our own worst enemy. Sometimes the person that's stopping us is us. The enemy doesn't have to use outside influence or forces against you. He will just use you against you. But I'm too weak. 
but I'm too old, but I'm too young, but I have a past, but I don't have a degree, but I have bad credit, but I'm unemployed, but I'm divorced. We've got to put away our negative butt and allow God to flip the script. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. But thou, O Lord, in whose presence my soul takes delight. So how do we get our butts out of the way? I'm glad you asked. If we are going to get our butt out of the way, sometimes you've got to release some things so you can move on. You've got to throw it down. God tells Moses to throw down the rod. The rod was a very interesting instrument. Because what you may not know is that the rod was not just something they used to keep the sheep in line. But scholars tell us that on the rod was carved your family lineage so that the rod you carried was a walking history of your family. It was a chronological list of names of the powerful members of your family to remind you of what they had done. This rod was given to, given to Adam in the Garden of Eden. In turn, Adam gave it to Enoch, Enoch to Noah, Noah to Shem, Shem to Abraham, Abraham to Isaac, and Isaac to Jacob. Jacob brought it to Egypt and passed it on to his son Joseph. When Joseph died, the Egyptians pillaged his household goods, and the staff was placed in the palace of Pharaoh. Eventually, Jethro, who was then one of Pharaoh's advisors, saw the rod and the letters upon it, and he desired it. So he stole the rod and brought it to Midian, where he planted it in the middle of a garden of his house. From that point, no one was able to pull it from the ground. When Moses fled Egypt, and came to Jethro's house, he went into the garden, he saw the rod, he read the letters upon it, he pulled the rod out of the ground, which no one had been able to do until then. So now Moses has this rod, he has this staff, this stick, whatever you want to call it, but God says, throw it down. Throw down that history don't hold on to it so tightly that you become defined by what has gone on in your family. So what I'm saying, throw down what your daddy used to do. Throw down what mama used to do or used to be. Throw down that nobody else in your family ever owned a business. Throw down what family and friends say that you won't become. See, we've got to learn how to release those things. Release the things that people and, and people who don't recognize who you are becoming because they keep tight casting you 
based upon what you used to be. Oh, she's never going to amount to anything. So people will say, I can't do it. I'm never going to amount to anything. They told me that all my life. Throw it down. All that negative stuff, throw it down. You've got to throw it down. Let it go so you can move forward. But mama said, but daddy said, but Jim said, but Jackie said. But God. Amen. (laughs) What did God say? The second thing, if you are going to get your butt out of the way, you've got to learn to touch what you have been scared of. So Moses throws down the rod and it becomes a snake. And Moses runs because he is no fool. But God says, go back and pick up the snake. Wait, what? Go pick up the snake? We've just released and threw the rod, those things that ill-defined us. Some of those people from our past that ill-defined us. When we let them go, they turned into a snake. Sometimes God will allow you to walk away from situations so that you can really see what's going on. God will expose the snakes. Those that were trying to stop me in my path. Those that were trying to kill my character. Those that were trying to sap the very life out of me. A snake is a deadly poisonous reptile that could kill you if you get close to it. God is saying, don't worry about the snake. I am your protection. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. I am Jehovah Nisi. I am your banner. I will fight your battles. Amen. So here we have God telling Moses to go pick up the snake by the tail. You know, I learned from watching swamp people. Mm. Does anybody watch swamp people? I I love to watch swamp people. (laughs) But I learned from watching swamp people that picking up a snake by the tail is the worst place you can pick up a snake because it's easy for you to get bitten like that. You should go for the head. But God tells Moses to pick up by pick it up by the tail. God is saying, "Let me show you that when I anoint you, you can be put in any vulnerable position to be bitten and you won't be touched." That should make somebody get excited right there. I heard an amen. There is no excuse for you not to do what God has called you to do. God is letting, showing us right there. He's with us. 
Get your butt out of the way. So that means when I ask you guys to do something, I don't want to hear butt, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, get your butt out of the way. <laughs> and the final point, if you're going to get your butt out of the way, don't let your problem prohibit purpose. Don't let your problem prohibit purpose. In verse 10, Moses says, all right, God, that's cool. I hear what you're saying to me. But you know what? I got a, I, I got a speech problem. I stutter. I'm slow to speak. So I decided to look up this word stutter. Stuttering happens when your mind pictures what your mouth has not spoken. Stuttering is when you can see it with your mind, but your mouth can't catch up with it quickly enough to speak it. Doctors say that people who stutter get excited by what they see when their mouth tries to catch up to what they see in their excitement, they began to stutter. To speak it is the natural manifestation of a mental picture. It's prolific and prophetic. I can see it in my mind. And I get excited about what I see. See, I'm, I'm getting excited about what I'm about to say and I'm stumbling over my words. <laughs> get so excited about what I see that I, that I try to speak it, but my mouth can't catch up quick enough to say what God is showing me. So in essence, stuttering is like speaking into a future tense. Yes, I got bills, but in my mind, I'm seeing debt free. I see myself owning that business. The doctor report is not great, but I see myself healthy. You've got to change the conversation. God says to Moses, Stop speaking what you don't see and start speaking what I show you. Oftentimes, what God shows you is different than what you physically see. And sometimes, people who know your business will be confused by your language. What is she talking about? She's debt free. She just borrowed money from me the other day. <laughs> oh, but what they don't realize is that we walk by faith and not by sight. So that when we speak stuff that hasn't even happened yet, we speak it because we believe that it's on the way because God already showed it to me. And that's why the Bible says to call those things that are not as though they already are. No more excuses, church. It's time to start doing what God has called you to do. So get your butt out of the way. <laughs>
Let us pray. <laughs> Dear Lord, we thank you. We thank you for this message. We had to chuckle about the title, but we do get the message, God. God, we know that you're ready to use us. So God, we say, here we are. We're not going to use any excuses. We're gonna take the butts out of the way and we're going to yield to you, oh God. Make us, mold us, and use us for your glory, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Give us that confidence we need to take that step forward. Give us that desire in our hearts that we will say yes to your will and yes to your way. Strengthen us on this day, God, that we will be all that you have called us to be. For God, we are ready to get to work. I pray for this church, the United Methodist Church of Patchogue. I pray for us that we will be on fire for you as the choir sang this morning. God, we will be on fire for you, God. God, send the people who are ready to work. Use us, oh God. Help us to lift you up, God. Help us to do your agenda, Father, in the name of Jesus. God, we bind everything that comes to hinder our progress in the name of Jesus. So what? We're not the richest church. So what? We're not the, the biggest church. But we are a church that is led by the Spirit of God and no weapon formed against us will prosper. God, we will be all that you have called us to be. So empower us this morning to do your will and your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say amen. Amen. amen.